the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. I really appreciate you coming back. I am joined by my really good friend, John Root, today. And uh, John and I have been close for a while. We actually go hiking together in the mornings because we found out that our working, our workout hiking path is the same, and we usually go at the same times. So I don't know how many times we've probably gone. I actually mm-hmm. did. Ha- I've seen you at the top of the mountain before, like as I was running down, but I was super late, and so I just said, John's on his own. <laughs> so you basically lied to me? I was like, did you see me that time? Nope, no. I it might have been a different time, though. It was some time where I remember seeing your tall, you're, you're very tall. How tall are you? About 6'5". I feel like I'm hard to miss because I feel like most people are probably your size or just, I don't know, like under six foot. I feel like I'm just like this tall, lengthy Gumby guy, just a wacky, wavy, inflatable arm man in front of a car dealership walking up a mountain. Well, you want to know, I have a mission for us next time we go on the hike. We need to talk to the man that does it shirtless every morning with his military belt on. Yes. Because he it's clearly from his time in service. That's my I don't, I mm-hmm. doubt that he went to five eleven and just bought that thing. It's got a canteen on it. It's yep. got pouches on it and it looks like it's just picked up from back then in history and put on his thing. And you guys, he's there every single time I go and I've always been so nervous. I don't know about you, but I want to hear the story, but I don't want to bother him. He's clearly on the grind and he has his hike, like his walking stick. Mm-hmm. Ugh, we should I, stop him next time. Hiking's like the gym for me. Like when I go to the gym, I'm throwing my headphones in and that is like my only time where I don't really care to talk to people. Mm. I mean, on hiking trails, I'd be like, Hey, hi, how you doing? Good morning. But not much after that. I'm kind of just like on my mission. Like I am there to work out and I'm like, I'm, I'm here to scale this mountain as fast as humanly possible. Like I'll time myself oh. at, <laughs> at times. Um, and then I'll be like, all right, I'll chill out at the top. So when I see people like that, yeah. I'm like, Oh man, I, I'm not even in the mindset of having a conversation oh. with somebody. Cause I'm like, Oh, do they want to get a workout in? Like yeah. I want to get a workout in. It I'm an overthinker, Morgan. So good. <laughs> I, I am too. And that's why I like have a panic attack every time I see him. Cause I'm like, mm. do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. But I think we should, here's my idea. Okay. We should ask him to go to breakfast. I'm in. And we, it might be a little stalkerish. I've told you I've had some, some stalker <laughs> issues and I don't like when people find out my schedule and then try and like coincide naturally. <laughs> With my calendar. Oh. Freaks me out. Oh, don't say What? No way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think we should just keep going for a straight week until we run into him and then ask him to go get breakfast at the diner. I'm so in for that. I and it's got to be a diner. our candor. I'll yeah. Oh, fun. it absolutely does have to be. Make it easier for you too because I can go with you and you're not just like, oh God, this mm. could be a disaster. See, I'm actually, I fit in with the vibe there um, of, of older veterans. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, did you know that I was in the VFW? I yes. you like hanging out with the Vietnam vets? 
That's yeah, no, I, so when I was in high school, I was 16 and I joined the VFW. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck brought me to it, but when I was in class, class ended at like 2.30 and I just drove myself over to the VFW post and I didn't know what to expect, but I got there and I walk in and I'm all, you know, chippy and I see this, this bar, it's just a smoky bar with a jukebox and a bunch of older guys sitting around it. And at this point it's like three o'clock in the afternoon on what, a Tuesday and I remember Five just being somewhere. like, well, that is not what I expected. And so I joined immediately. And John, that, I think that's how I came to be. Because there was the jukebox. The old guys loved that I liked the older music. They gave me the mm-hmm. quarters for the jukebox. I became an officer of the ladies' auxiliary. Did all the parades Ooh. with them. So I just naturally fit in. And that's, I think, why I also want to talk to this guy. He's got a story that needs to be heard. And then your dad's a military man. So, I mean, yeah. you got that in your heart for military members in general yeah have you always been an old soul oh my gosh i'm interviewing you i want to know what do you the people want to know i just have always liked older things in terms of music and stuff but i don't know how long i've been a grandma you're trying to get me to say it you're trying to get me to you're trying to um john knows that i used to not um be as found as I am now today. I once was lost, but now, now I'm found. She's found. And it's just been a long road, John, but you, mm. I'm sure you've been the same. Have you always been so good? Well, I feel like there was aspects of <laughs> of life where I was just like, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm a good kid because I feel like a lot of it's relative. Yeah. Because especially in – I feel like once you start getting to like junior high, you start coming into your own a little bit where you got – like sports a little bit and then like girls are going to your games and then like you're going through puberty and everything. You're like, you're starting to become a man a little bit. So like during junior high, it's like, well, I feel like I'm a pretty good kid. Like I'm going to church with my buddies and we're not, you know, like getting into drugs or anything like that. And you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at anything I shouldn't look at. And then you get to high school and you're like, well, I think I'm dating pretty well. At least I'm not doing this, that, or the other thing. But in general, it was just like, all right. I thought of the Bible more as like a a book of rules. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes people can look at that where it's like, oh, I I don't know if I want to become a Christian because it's just a bunch of rules that I got to follow. And it seems like it's not a lot of fun. And then I was missing out on the relationship aspect. And then I think once you get a relationship with Christ, start diving in the word a little bit, you realize like, okay, like every single person falls short. And I thought it was righteous, not in a snobby way, but in general, it's just like, mm -mm. (laughs) like Mm -mm. I thought I was a good kid. I was not. I mean, I was definitely, that's a good one. I was definitely like lost in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely had a, a relationship with Christ and had like a basic understanding and knew that that's how I was living my life. Mm-hmm. But was I completely surrendered? No. And I yeah. think once I once I did, that was freshman year of college at Azusa Pacific University. Go Kooks. <laughs> you know, for me, it's it's one of those where like it's it's a new mindset. That's why there's this whole aspect I think people don't understand of rebirth. Mm. Like so many times people are like, Oh, I'm born this way, or I just feel like I have a presupposition to this. That's why we need rebirth. Like, we were born into sin. Like, no one is born righteous. No one is born perfect. The only perfect person we had was Jesus. So it's like, you need a rebirth. (laughs) And then from there, you can really understand that you can see God through everything. Like, even a hike. It's like, I can have some of the best times with God on a hike. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I've told you this before. It's super cheesy of me. But when I'm driving in the car, have I told you this? Mm -hmm. 
where <laughs> I feel like the best it analogy for what it feels like to just welcome him into your life is to have the sunroof open in the car when the sunbeams are shining down on you have you ever i mean if you consider god the, you just look at i mean the representation of it because like i have a really great sunroof in my forerunner and i take it for granted so then when i get in a rental car or something and i'm like oh, what is this am i in hell <laughs> I'm just stuck in this this hellhole box right here, this metal box. I'm just so weird about it. It's my little thing. And so if I'm in my Forerunner and I have my hat on, I'm like, oh, no, I'm blocking it. I'll take the hat off and let the sunshine come through. Um, You make me want to get an SUV with a sunroof, but gas prices are crazy, Morgan. So I just really love paying $120 to drive places. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I will say, so for me, you – had that from a young age and you were like, okay, I think I'm doing the good thing. I think I'm following it. And then you had your re-evaluation of everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to evaluate what happened for me because I didn't grow up in a religious family. Mm-hmm. Didn't really grow up in a family that talked about politics. Um, I loved history though. And I loved older music and I'm talking like doo-wop. And so mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was a I was a little bit of an introvert, and so like I had a library pass to go <laughs> to go eat lunch in the library. Because, we, it's like, funny we are so opposite. I know the cafeteria just really gave me anxiety of the idea of having to go into that mess, and so <laughs> I just would like at first I was like eating lunch in the bathroom, and then I went mm. into getting a an all time library pass, which was super sweet of the librarians, by the way. Um, I hope that they <laughs> I hope they know how much that meant to Shout me. Shout out to Morgan's librarians. And thank you so much. Uh, that really made made my day my life. And so because I liked that stuff though, I remember I, I, I would listen to my parents. They listened to classic country. I liked older, like Tom Petty and Duop, the fifties, sixties, seventies. And then I watched Loretta Lynn's movie, a coal miner's daughter. And it was about this young country bumpkin girl. And she, she doesn't make it big in Nashville, but it just shows her life story of how she became a country singer and, um, all of that process. And I remember just that movie, I don't know why, it changed my game. It changed the game for me. Did and, you take a photo by her statue uh, Yeah, Nashville? John. Yeah. I just was in Nashville, <laughs> and I look up, and her statue's right there. I cried a little, maybe. And, of and you're course, both I like was the like, same size? Like, Mom, get the camera! <laughs> so it just, that really changed the game mm. for me, and that's when I really leaned into my, my more countryside. And when I went to college, this is what's so interesting. My love of history... I went to college for veterans advocacy. I was already in the VFW, but my love of history led me to going around DC all the time. And I would go to churches and I would do it because I heard, oh my gosh, every president since James Monroe has been to service at this church. I'm going to go. And mm-hmm. I just want to see what it was like. And that historical aspect is what, what brought me in. And then I started actually just going to services and going to different churches. Oh boy, what a mess. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> I remember going to like the National Cathedral. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, beautiful. I also did not understand what was happening at all because you have to understand I had never read the Bible, did not know any of it, yeah. but I'm like leaning into it now. And so I had a little church playlist that I would listen to on Sundays. And I remember getting to the National Cathedral especially and everybody's like going up to the pew and then they touch their el- their knee to the floor. And I was like, oh boy, if I don't know that rule, what other rules am I breaking right now with my existence in this building? Well, and- the Catholic <laughs> aspect is tough to understand. It's too. hard. Because, I mean, there's so many different. I went to my first Latin mass mm. uh, that was in February during the Super Bowl, 
And I went with like Harrison Bucker and his team. Harrison plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was mm-hmm. out there for their Super Bowl party with the clothing company he works with. And that, that was a Latin mass. And I'm like, I have no idea what's being said here. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm a non-denominational Christian. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to church and my pastor's going to preach things like expository like expository, basically just like we're going through Matthew, we're doing it throughout the year, we're going verse by verse, and then you go to a Catholic church, you just go to regular Mass, or you go to Latin Mass, and it's just like, all right, here's the sayings that we're going to do, here's when you get down on a knee, this is when you come up for uh, communion, but don't come up for communion if you're not a part of the Catholic church, and then for you, you're just like, I have no idea what's happening here, but the church is beautiful. I know, and so I'm like, I'm thankful because I... And like maybe that's what I needed is some sort of draw to get me in and then that opened my whole world to it. And so I realized, you know, I'm not exactly the type to go to National Cathedral. That's okay. Um, but it was nice to experience that. I went a few mm. times because I went to college right down the road and then I started going to just different styles. And so in my hometown, I would go to different styles. Wasn't exactly a fan of a lot of them, but um, if I could like describe my ideal church to go to, it would be Cowboy Church, of course, or... That's the one that I really love in Arizona. And then there's a bunch in Texas, Old country too. girl that wants to go to church. <laughs> Cowboy church. Yeah, it seems right? like it fits. Yeah. Or like, uh, have you heard of Green, Texas? Green, Texas? Yeah, it's I've only seen brown like Texas. Green. Oh, come on. <laughs> the hill country has some green into it, right? And actually, yeah. Houston's quite green. Um, or above Houston. Well, it would be like a cute little white church surrounded by trees tiny little thing and then maybe windows that show the beautiful pastures on the side of the church have yet to find this building (laughs) when i think (laughs) of like little house on the prairie or something like that that's what i think i'm just just looking from a paul angles (laughs) don't laugh paul where you at (laughs) where you at paul um (laughs) so basically you started by i mean you were getting into the bible a little bit yeah but it was mostly just like going to church and trying to experience god through church it's a lot to learn you gotta you grew up you were really lucky in this i didn't so i felt so silly because i felt like oh i've learned it now like now i get it okay so so you got god and then jesus and you got all these things and it was just this surface level understanding i'm starting to understand okay you go every sunday and that was pretty much the extent of my understanding then i had the phase of reading more and more little bits and pieces from the bible and really liking them but not understanding that it's all a story it's it's this accumulation of all of these things. So then I had a phase of looking into the histor- uh, the history of it. Mm-hmm. And so who wrote the Bible? Where did it come from? And when I realized... And why those books were chosen for the canon. Like that stuff yeah. is fascinating. And I don't know about you. I For Freedom Papers, for Turning Point, we go through the Federalist Papers. Mm-hmm. And I said, on the, <laughs> I said on the podcast once that I was like, when I found out that Jesus and Caesar were walking around at the same times together, <laughs> it blew my mind. And... <laughs> Listen, I get it. They weren't walking around at the exact same time together. <laughs> no, but they when work, I, weren't work, uh, walking hand in hand. Yeah, no, when no, no, I no. look at human history, though, they, the I think a lot of people, the left especially, has done such a good job of making everything just seem so archaic. I look at human history, and I sa- I now see the year zero, and, and those original years, I see that as like yesterday to us. Mm-hmm. In the big scope of all things, especially the 1960s and 50s, they act like, oh, well, anything that was, was done back then, it just, we have to keep it because it's been around for decades now. 
I think it's a manipulative tactic to get us to see things in short-sighted ways. And so same thing with the Bible. They want to teach us that, oh, it was forever ago, and it's an old book. Same thing with the Constitution. They say it's forever ago, hundreds of years. That's what that lady said when I interviewed her outside of the Supreme Court. She said it was an old, I'll just say booty. Instead yep. of the other word, oh. um, <laughs> document. I'll give her and, a smackaroonie. And that's what, yeah. Mentally, people, verbally. <laughs> verbally. <laughs> but that's what definitely people think. They're just like, there's no way yeah. when the Constitution, Constitution was written that they would really understand what mm-hmm. we're going through now. And then the Bible explains, especially with Jesus, mm-hmm. walk the earth, fully God, fully man, understands. Yeah what we're going through. He's been through some depression. He's been through some stress. He's been elated. He's had tough communication issues with people. Like he's felt hurt. Those kind of stuff that like Jesus understands us. Yeah. And Jesus was God and was the perfect sacrifice for us. And now that we have that relationship that was torn apart in the garden of Eden, we can go straight to him. Someone that really, really understands us. And I think that's an unbelievably beautiful thing. But for people to say that with the word of God, that is the perfect mm-hmm. thing to go to for anything you're dealing with, like relationship struggles, financial struggles, um, anything that's going on in society and culture. The Bible's the place to look. Yeah. Well, and it, it, what really struck me was the BC. I was looking at dates of, of ancient Rome because I mm-hmm. love history. And so, again, it brought me to it of realizing, wait a second, this all happened in BC. And then the stories of the Bible are occurring at the same time or interweaving with human history. And for some reason we don't learn them. Of course we don't learn them together in school anymore, which is really unfortunate, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I just find it fascinating of as soon as you see it as, wait, this was a part of human history. This was a part of our story. And not so long ago, I, it really changed my mind in terms of, I, in the back of my head, I always had the, yeah, it is. It is kind of a crazy story, don't you think? I totally didn't understand what had happened. That, and so I'm reading the Old Testament right now, and when you understand all of that, the messes that occurred there, and then how the New Testament came along, it just, I didn't understand at all. And then every time I learned a little bit more, it helped me, but I still didn't get it. And then last year is when I definitely was like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I still, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm not exactly getting into detail on these things because it's like dating to me. It's like, I, I am not perfect at that. So I'm not talking about no. it from a voice of authority. So same thing with the Bible. It's like, I read it every night. I want to get re-baptized. I want to get baptized because I did it when I was young, but I want to get baptized. But That's an I'm incredible feeling to get baptized and yeah. decide for yourself as an adult. Yeah. Like I am committing to Christ. Christ is my front and center in my life. And, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how incredible that was. I got, that was after, summer after my freshman year of college. Mm. Because. Where'd you do it? What was um, it like? So I did it at my home church Mm -hmm. um, when I, where I went to like junior high and high school. So in like the Sacramento area is that Bayside Church. And that's in Grant, that's in Granite Bay, Northern California. And I'll tell you what, I, I cannot sing well. And I did not like worship that much at church. So a lot of times for me, like I would be fine showing up maybe a little bit later and listening to the sermon. I feel like I always enjoyed those mm-hmm. and I could be fairly analytical with those and then just dive into the word a little bit more. Not until I went to Azusa, I went to our Wednesday night chapel. We call it Kaleo Chapel and everyone's in this like upper room and it's packed. There's probably about like a thousand kids in there. 
And I raised my hands in worship for the first time. Like just, and I think there's that aspect of like surrender that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. like putting my hands, like really feeling the Holy spirit. Like, wow, this is actually like when you're reading through the old Testament and in Exodus where they're just shouting in praise to God after going through the red sea. Like those are kind of times like, well, how do we communicate with God? We always think of prayer, Mm -hmm. but like worship, what an incredible way to thank God for what he's done and just cry out to him. And that was the first time where I was like, Oh my gosh, I put my hands in the air. I'm feeling the spirit. And I feel like a a brand new communication tool with God that I didn't really understand before. And I think that's when I really was able to like reorient my life. I was able to see good Christian relationships. And then the summer after that freshman year of college, uh, a couple of my buddies, I told them I want to rededicate my life to Christ. And then me, my, my buddy Jesse, and my buddy Caitlin, we went through the baptism class, which was great because I feel like a lot of times like we might do stuff because like, oh, this just seems like the right thing to do. It's like my church was breaking it down. This is why baptism is important. Mm-hmm. This is what this means. This is a brand new rededication to God. The burial in the water, come out, and that's your rebirth. And the symbolism behind it, it was great to understand that. And for me, I was like, all right. God, I'm in. This is my decision. This wasn't just my parents' decision when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, it's the it is the best feeling ever. Like you want to feel the Holy Spirit, get baptized. Oh jeez. Well, so I would say do it. That oh definitely. Well, what's interesting is I I don't know about you. I think you, you and I are very similar in the work aspect. Like I'm a doer. I'll mm-hmm. find some action items and I'll make it happen. And I just. If I can't hire someone, I'll just figure it out and I'll do it myself. And so with this, I'm really just trying to be better about, I guess surrendering would be a good word in this. And so I'm having an open mind, I guess you could say. And I remember I was at Cowboy Church and he just announced to the crowd of like, and you guys, you know, coming up next month, we're going to do a round of of baptisms for everybody if you want to join in. And I wasn't thinking, oh, I should go do that next month. Mm. But instead I was like, huh, oh. Well, I never even considered that for myself. And then putting myself out of that box was was really nice, and I've I've been enjoying that. Um, What I would, real quick, though, what what I would encourage you and anybody else that gets baptized is, like, inviting people to that baptism. Oh, definitely. For, like, that community community aspect. Yeah. Like, that was one of the coolest parts, too, is, like, not only was I getting baptized with some of my buddies, but afterwards you get out of the pool or the lake or wherever you're getting baptized or like at church in a tub or something, Mm -hmm. you have that community around you. I saw that during Easter service. I go to a church called Pella Communities Mm -hmm. out here in Glendale, Arizona. Like I'm actually a fairly emotional guy. And I was like bawling my eyes out or at least trying not to bawl my eyes out. (laughs) I'm going to show up and just bring a camera and point it at you next time. I'm like, I'm way too emotional. I'll see like something happen to a dog in a movie and I'm just like, <laughs> like, all right, no, I got to be a man. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to cry. Mm-hmm. But I just saw people just come out of the tub there and they're just being embraced by all their friends and family. I'm like, this yeah. is literally what That's the cute. church community is supposed to look like. And it's, yeah. oh, it's amazing. Well, so I, when I moved from New York, I went to Bernie and I had just the sweetest people there. Um, one, my friends Owen and Talia, they have four kids and they're just absolutely precious. And I really look up to them a lot in terms of the structure for my future. Um, they homeschool their kids. She's very faith-based. She has a really cool page. Um, and I'll link it in the podcast cause I'm forgetting it right now, but Talia is just the best. And then Tamra, 
was Talia's friend and I would go to these again. Why do I do this to myself? All of my friends are older. And so this friend group, they're moms and they would go to this workout class and I would go to the bar class and like the dance class with the moms because the moms would drop their kids off at school and then I just work remotely so I could just go (laughs) in. And so it would be me and then all these like fun, beautiful mothers that I just would aspire to be, of course. And both of them got baptized and it just seeing the pictures of it, it just looked so momentous and fun. And even then, though, I didn't consider that for myself. It just more so was this natural feeling once I heard the um, Steve is his name. Once I heard him announce that they were going to do a baptism for Cowboy Church. But it, speaking of the singing thing, I love country music. You know that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a little apprehensive with the church songs because I'm not a singer. But man, I can, you know do a little country tune. And so when I found out that there's a church that has a harmonica and they all wear cowboy hats and they sing basically Johnny Cash sounding Christian music. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, what a game changer. And so I'm there, I'm in the pew and I'm like, (laughs) but it was really nice. I have a question though. Are you going to Israel with a turning point? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We're going to experience a fun time together. I think I, I cannot wait for that. Cause I'm glad that it's with you guys. That's the thing Mm -hmm. is I'm glad that it's with, a, a group of people instead of what when would I have coordinated a trip like that for mm-hmm. myself you know so I feel like this was a good calling for all of us because if people ask me where's the first place you'd want to go that wasn't a tropical vacation with your like friends or family or significant other or mm-hmm. something I mean Israel 100 percent. yeah I mean I cannot wait to see the Bible come to life and it's because I'm going through the Old Testament right now because really? I, I want to go through all of that um, before we get there yeah. and then get through aspects me of like, too and i'm mad because i'm such a slow reader i'm like listen i've got to do this by september <laughs> oh man because I, I am 100 the worst with those things because uh-huh. I, i'm add like I'll, yeah. I'll read i'll read a chapter and then my mind is going to a thousand different multiverses <laughs> and it's just and then for me it's like it's fine to work through the bible and Take your time. Mm-hmm. So I think there's plenty of times, especially it's it's similar to New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, I just like, I want to get in shape or I want to like run more or I want to make more money. Like you have to be really structured about it where it's like, okay, if you jump into the Bible app, like for me right now, I have the Bible app and it says Bible in one year. I know 100% oh. I'm not going to get to the Bible in a year, <laughs> but I like the way it's structured yeah. where it's like, I know 100% I'm yeah. not doing that. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't because the way I'm going to read the Bible is, um, I always have the, the audio book because mm-hmm. I feel like that helps me focus a little bit more Okay, and then I'll have the Bible open at the same time Oh, really? and then I usually have, and yeah. Oh. And that's, that's how I've just decided that I can like stay a little focused. I'll try that. You know, because sometimes I, I'm reading the King James Version, and sometimes I get lost in the sauce. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, yeah, King, King James is like, it's beautiful, like, poetic. Right. Because it, for it's me, hard. like, I read the ESV, mm-hmm. and I think that's, like, the most updated uh, version yeah. when, but it's like, when people hear, like, updated, it's like, okay, nothing changes. Like, the message is still the same. Yeah. And that's where... People I know try to get in the weeds of like, oh, it's been translated so many, so many times. Vody Bauckham breaks it down really, really well, talking about how like the message is still the same, but we can't do what I tell people in any person that I've learned the Bible from. That's why I was super blessed to go to a place like Azusa Pacific. It's like, don't um, eisegesis the Bible, which means you're going to read a passage. You're going to put it in your own worldview. You're going to read a word or two or a phrase and be like, okay, that's got to be right. like what it is. Like, no, we... 
we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. This was written thousands of years ago. So, like, yeah. what's the context? Like, what did this actually mean? Like, what's the Greek? You know, what's the Latin behind this? And it's like, it takes a lot of, a lot it of does. effort. Um, so that's when you need to exegesis the Bible. Like, okay. what's the context? What does it actually mean? Yeah. And what is it saying? Because a lot of times, we are selfish people. You're I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a selfish person <laughs> too. Like, and there's plenty of time, like that, I think that's just our sin nature because mm-hmm. I'm going to read something and I want it to be about me. Like right. the Bible is not about you. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a collection of stories together that leads to Christ. Yeah. And like the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting. That's the best, best way to look at it. And it just, it takes time. That it is takes a good effort. Way. I, yeah. I would say, I don't know about you, but for me, because I didn't know the story of the Bible for the longest time, I never had this, but now I'm in a place and sometimes I, I like, I'll talk to somebody and they suggest that I read a certain book or whatever. So I'll, I'll jump back and forth. But in general, every night I still do go in chronological order with that King James version. And now I have situations where instead of me having to Google something or to maybe look up, what did, what does the Bible say about this? (laughs) You know, like that's what a newbie kind of has to do if they're, they want to understand. But now naturally, because I've read so many of the stories in my head, if I'm like, what what should I be doing in a situation like this? For the first time ever, the last few months, I've been able just naturally, something comes into my head of like, oh, go back to this chapter. And it's just fascinating to me of like, whoa, mm-hmm. look at we go. That's we're, we're killing the game. It's like I all... probably shouldn't say that about the Bible, <laughs> but we're killing the game. Let's go. But it's like... <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl, Ruth. Well, and with, with after Roe, I mean, after Roe, I went back in the Elizabeth's Joy with... Mm-hmm. Did you did you see that? Yeah. A baby in the womb was the first to get excited. Yeah. Uh, you're kidding. I mean, finding out that kind of stuff as a newbie has been really, really special, I think. Yeah, like God rejoices in things like this. Like mm-hmm. every single church and every single Christian, any person of true faith believing in the God of the Bible should be rejoicing after Roe v. Wade. Ooh. Like 100, <laughs> 100%. I know. It's so special and it's so sweet. I would say too, with the the Israel trip, mm-hmm. I am also like you of like I take my time. For me at night, if I'm feeling exhausted and I can sense that I'm skimming, I stop because it's not something that I want to be skimming. Because mm-hmm. you know, at night when you're like reading a book and you just your eyes start to just trace the lines and you're not yeah. exactly taking it all in. You're zonked. You're as like, soon uh, as I'm ready I to go that, to the deepest level of the dream world. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I do that, I just put the Bible away because it's not a book that should be skimmed. And so once we found out about the timeline with Israel, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to this place without understanding the full context of the location and the entire trip. What's the game plan? So I'm still working on that game plan, John. As a sports person, I appreciate my – can you please appreciate my sports Oh, comparison? no, I appreciate that. Anytime you bring up sports, I'm fired up. Sports. Sports. Let's go sports. Yeah. No, but, I mean, we're we're kind of hitting the timeline on this. Do you have any um, closing, exciting thoughts? My favorite thing – why don't know you should do? You should just one Sunday come to Cowboy Church with me. I think it would be fun. Would that be nice? What's Do funny? I have to wear cowboy boots? I mean, you would look out of place. I'm just yeah, kidding. No. I feel like people, people don't wear cowboy boots. It's it's very uh, casual. The thing is, it's behind a rodeo. It's behind. Well, it's right by Buffalo Chip, right? It's literally behind the Buffalo Chip Saloon. <laughs> so did I tell you this yet? It's behind Buffalo Chip Saloon. So on the property is a saloon and then a rodeo stage with all the bleachers and seating yeah. and then a, a church that they created. And there's all these fans and it's outside and it's beautiful. But 
after service, <laughs> after service, I walk around, you know, I just like enjoy myself and everybody's so sweet yeah. and I'm really, really kind. And so I talk to everybody. I also don't see a lot of humans in my day. And so it's nice on Sundays to just be like, hi, <laughs> how's it going? Um, I, Again, I just get we are so opposite. I'm like, I need to be around people 24 seven. I get like, my I'll socializing take half an hour done on Sunday. <laughs> well, I do it. And next thing you know, because it's technically also at a saloon property, there's a speaker surround sound. And last time I was there, Service ended, people are leaving, people are, you know, buying t-shirts or whatever to support the next fundraising thing. And honky-tonk, badonkadonk comes, <laughs> comes on the sound system throughout the entire place. And so it's all these sweet people. What's also interesting is because it's next to the saloon, the saloon technically opens like midday on mm -hmm. the Sunday. And so apparently they had an issue of people from the saloon being like oh what's over there and they just like get their beer at the at the bar and then they walk on out to the church and they just chill in the back and and join us and sip and it's it's a scene if you ever want to come they asked me to bring young people and i was like listen i hate to break it to you john's not young <laughs> <laughs> but i know like three <laughs> I know like three of them. John's like kind of young. He's 30. Do you consider that young? I um, consider that. Young. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. But I would love to. I think that'd be fun. And especially to the church is meant to be in places like that. Even the church I go to right now, it's in downtown yeah. Glendale. Like there's a lot of homeless people. There's a lot of destitute people, no doubt. And I think that's where the church should be. Yeah. Like, and then too, it's like you could have someone that was planning on, midday who knows what's going on in their life they could be just totally fine or they could be trying to drink away their sorrows and then boom they get to hear about jesus like right what a what a beautiful thing i would love to go back in time and see jesus preach and like the sermon on the mount who were the kind of people that were following jesus like who who showed up i guarantee you there were some drunkards there i guarantee you there were some people i mean we even hear stories like the the leper that comes up to mm. Jesus. Just like, there's a lot of people that are going through some crazy stuff. And then what better place to have a church that's not endorsing um, the saloon. It's like, we are right here. Yeah. And if you want to, you want to grab your drinks, sit down. Like, yeah. It's not the best place to be having a drink, but in general, like what a, what a it's really cool thing. It's kind of a fascinating concept if you think about it. Cause I had gone with my friend Michelle to the rodeo on a Friday night, I think, and they had, it was just classic America, okay, the stands were packed, the rodeo happened, they had the little kids do the, um, what is it, mutton busting, mm -hmm. and that's so fun, I it was that. adorable, and the, the whole crowd is clearly more, you know, conservative, and so they had this, the speaker that had, the MC for the event is just making conservative jokes the whole time, mm -hmm. uh, one of the times he was like, do we have anybody here that thinks we should defund the police, and this idiot girl no offense this idiot girl kind of drunk in front of me was like wow and was the only one to do it and so that says a lot that she was the only one um but then they were like all right we have somebody who's going to come say a prayer we have service here right behind this if you guys want to come on sundays and so it's just this essence of community because the buffalo chip people say oh it's just a saloon and i'm like no it's a whole property 
run by people that understand community and want to provide different aspects of, of entertainment, of wholesome, fun family entertainment on Friday night. If you want to go on a date, like there, there's tables to go to it's dinner. Very fun. There's a bar, but it's not this like nasty kind of downtown bar you would expect. It's a cute little saloon, old town, like frontier town bar. Mm-hmm. And then on Sundays, they bring everybody from the community together for a service. And I, people could judge that, but I think it's really, really nice. And I've been enjoying going. Um, John, thank you for coming on for this to talk about faith. This was really special, really sweet. Yeah. We got to do it again. This is fun. We should do it again. I'm down. (laughs) Sign me up, Morgan. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you could do me a favor and support by subscribing, sharing this with your friends and go follow John. John, what are your social pages? Johnny root at Johnny root underscore no H in Johnny at all. Oh, I love that. I'll link it in the thing because I just, I can never understand how to spell things and then I can never find the person. Um, But guys, I'll link it and thank you so much. Hope you have a great day. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.